British Columbia, now the first province to be granted an exemption under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act to remove criminal penalties for possession of some hard drugs. It's a three-year exemption. Uh, to talk more about it, uh, please to welcome back to the program Richard Zussman, who's our reporter with Global News in British Columbia. Richard, uh, BC's the only one's ever asked for this. Uh, what's going on in your province that has made that uh, such a push? Yeah, so we've had we've been at the epicenter in British Columbia of the opioid crisis. Back in 2016, the provincial government here declared a provincial health emergency. We have had more than 9,400 people die in British Columbia since uh, 2016 of illicit drug deaths. And the province has, over the last six years, charted a course in terms of trying to put in tools to help address the crisis. And when we hit the pandemic, uh, it turned this crisis uh, into overload. The fact that people were using at home alone because of isolation due to COVID, uh, there was a huge disruption in the drug supply, uh, largely coming from outside of the country. All of that led to the supply on the streets being more toxic, and we saw a huge surge uh, in drug deaths. And so at that point, as the province was managing through a pandemic, they really started to escalate the push towards decriminalization of small possession of, in this case, it's fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamines, uh, and ecstasy. Uh, they pushed towards this decriminalization as a way to try to destigmatize the drug use. It was a long process. You mentioned BC is the only one that applied. This conversation started years ago. There was a push from police chiefs in this province. There's been a push from our premier, a push from Dr. Bonnie Henry, our provincial health officer. Finally, the application was made last year. A lot of review had to go into it between Ottawa and Victoria to understand how this was going to work. And then yesterday was the end of those conversations, an approval of the exemption. It's not everything BC wanted. It only comes into effect January 31st of next year. So there's a delay. It's only 2.5 grams, not the 4.5 grams BC asked for, but it is a start here. And just one of, as we heard from many speakers yesterday, it is just one of many tools now available to try to save lives and, and cut down the number of people dying every year from illicit drug deaths. Well, will, will this actually have a, a real change on the streets? I mean, you know, there's a sort of, yeah. you know, looking the other way that is sort of happening now. It's such a gray area and that's such a problem with police enforcement, especially for vulnerable communities. So like, is this going to be on the ground a real significant change? The biggest thing that stood out to me, Alan, when listening to the press conference was something Dr. Bonnie Henry said. And it was about drug users who were so worried about the criminalization that they could lose their children, they could lose their job, they could not travel, that they are often using alone and in secret and not letting people know about the issue that they are having. And by decriminalizing it, then the hope is that stigma is gone, that there is no longer that fear that you could lose a child or lose a job for possessing these drugs. That's not going to be an immediate change, right? It's not like all of a sudden we are going onto the street and taking off all the bad supply and putting in a clean supply of drugs, but it is a change that will allow 
for a mind shift. The other thing that they're working on here, and, and one of the explanations for the delay, although advocates here are frustrated it's going to take until January 31st of next year, one of the rationale behind that is that uh, they need to train police to, to better understand how to communicate. So when they stop someone and they have less than 2.5 grams, instead of confiscating or potentially arresting, uh, they now are going to provide information to give them opportunities potentially to go uh, into um, a facility or get support. The province needs to step up now to the plate and, and ensure that they're is support available when people are looking for it. It's all part of the network that that this announcement leads to to try to get a handle on this. Richard, you cover provincial politics in British Columbia, and over the course of this hour, uh, we've been talking about uh, the election that's coming here in Ontario, and that's kind of the lack of engagement, the lack of excitement. Um, and you feel that that parallels your recent experience in British Columbia as well? It sure does. We, in our 2020 COVID pandemic uh, election, we had polls that are very similar to yours. It was very clear that John Horgan was going to win a huge majority. And there were also a lot of other pe- things on people's minds. You know, now it's inflation, the cost of living. There's no engagement, it seems, between, you know, what is being said in the Ontario election and what people are feeling in terms of that issue. In, in 2020, it was the pandemic that people were just preoccupied with keeping themselves safe and were not engaged at all uh, in the process. It led to historic lows in voter turnout. Uh, It led to a very stable majority for John Horgan. The one difference was that people were voting uh, in big numbers from home in 2020 in British Columbia because of the pandemic. I know that won't be the case in Ontario, but, you know, when I look at what's going on in your province, it's eerily similar uh, you know, you and I get very excited about these elections. And when you watch an election uh, that it seems like the outcome is predetermined, uh, it takes a little bit of the magic away. So hopefully there'll be a few surprises tomorrow night uh, for you and Colin and the team is, and, and David Aiken as you sort of grapple through those results. So um, we'll see. But yeah, it, it feels very similar to me in watching the coverage uh, that you guys are doing and what's going on in Ontario to what we experienced back in 2020. Richard, great to talk to you as always. Please be well. Uh, Have fun tomorrow night. Thanks, Alan.